Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops presents your moment in the valley with your host, me. It's me, SSB, Silicon Steve Valley. And I'm going solo today, folks. This is usually a regular High Spots and Cheap Pops show. But the reality is, Vadi Dottie was sick, probably sick of hearing my mouth about CM Punk, if we can be honest. But for whatever reason, hey, SSV, I'm doing solo today and I'm feeling great. We got so much to talk about since our last podcast. We recorded our last podcast last Tuesday night and we did a Royal Rumble preview. For the record, I was 4 0. Probably the other thing that pissed off Vadi Dottie. 4 0. And the big one we got right was CM Punk losing to Cody Rhodes. Cody winning his second straight Royal Rumble, just like I predicted. And we're going to lead with CM Punk. And as we all know at this particular point in time, after taking a Future Shock DDT from Drew McIntyre, CM Punk is now out of WrestleMania tearing a tricep, which I believe is the same exact injury he had uh, after he brawled with the Young Bucks in AEW. So how are we going to talk about this, folks? First of all, and this is the one I want to lead with this. I am not happy CM Punk is hurt. I'm disappointed he's not going to be at WrestleMania. I'm disappointed I'm not going to be seeing him cut promos. And nobody should celebrate another injury. I want to be really clear about that. Because... A couple of times people have been laughing and people think we're laughing at CM Punk's injury. And no, no, especially if you've ever torn a muscle, which I have, it is extraordinarily painful. It's one of the most painful injuries. You can't do anything. And I, I tore my legs, which I tore a, um, a hamstring. So it was a little bit different. It wasn't running sprints, by the way. I just slipped. And I fell and I'm fat. Anyway, this is the reality, folks. We're going to now give you the nice recapper of what we have seen from CM Punk. And the reason that people kind of just find it ironic and people maybe feel like it's a little karma. I'm going to give you the exact reasons why people are not super disappointed that CM Punk is getting a little karma right now. Again. Nobody should be happy he's hurt. A lot of people, the WWE is going to lose money because he can't make the town of WrestleMania. He can't, make, he's not going to be able to make Philadelphia. Just like he couldn't make the first Forbidden Door. Just like he couldn't finish the MJF storyline. That's just in the last two and a half years. You're a major player. You're going to be a major part of what we are doing, but you can't stay on the field. It's interesting. If it's a football player or it's a baseball player, oh, that guy sucks. He can't stay healthy. That guy's terrible. He can't. You say that about CM Punk to some of these sick of CM Punk sick of fans. No, we're not making fun of his injury, but it is ironic. And find out why it's ironic. And we're going to lay it out for you real simple. So all the CM Punk sycophants, they're all butthurt. Your boy's not getting a main event. We're going to go why? People might not feel so bad. Let's go back to 2011. Hype bomb. Wrestling started getting stagnant because a creepy old perverted piece of shit was running creative, and he did so until two years ago. More on that later. And CM Punk expressed the frustration of so many of us wrestling fans who said, you know what? If you're going to jam Cena and Orton down our throats this early when they're not ready, and they weren't, I'm going to go do other things. And a lot of us stopped watching pro wrestling. That's a reality, folks. Numbers will tell you that. Ratings decline happened sharply after the Attitude Era was done. So a lot of people stopped watching WWE and CM Punk was the first spark of a revolution to quote the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, that pipe bomb changed the world. CM Punk was finally standing up. He was literally the voice of the voiceless, just like he had proclaimed. 
We believed in CM Punk. We believed he was the revolution. We believed he was then given one of the great moments ever, beating that money in the bank, beating John Cena in Chicago. Little blow you a kiss goodbye. And then a couple months later, he starts a run as world champion. That was the longest run in 25 years. It was the longest run until Roman Reigns since Hogan. So he was given the shot, but he wasn't given the main event closure that year because why? The Rock and Cena were headlining. And the following year, Rock Cena 2, Punk wanted that main event. He then shortly went, once he had his issues, he wound up walking out after the Royal Rumble in 2014. He went on his ex-best friend, Colt Cabana's podcast, railroaded WWE, and one of his biggest, if not his biggest gripe was he didn't get his WrestleMania main event. I needed my WrestleMania main event. And he talked about how he was sick, and he talked about how terrible WWE was, how much he didn't respect Triple H, how much he hated Vince McMahon, how much he thinks WWE sucked. That was nine. That was now 10 years ago. What happened? Every time CM Punk has even talked to wrestling's brought up, he's like, no, never. FWWE. He's gone on podcasts and railroaded against the, the situations there. He went on AEW television after coming back and he talked about. How many times did he bring up WWE and how much it was the place that got him sick? And, oh, if the grass is greener, MJF, let me tell you, go headline night two of a buy one, get one for a four-day extravaganza. Continuing to throw shade at WWE, even not so far as two years ago. This wasn't just 10 years ago and he dropped it. He made it a mission. One of his deals was to throw as much shade and hurt WWE every single solitary chance he got. Every single time. And we loved him for it because he was the voice of the voiceless. And Vince McMahon was still in charge being the perverted shithead and creative that was a disaster in WWE for a decade. We still loved him because that's who he was. He was anti-authority. He was anti-WWE, anti-corporations. He was the guy that said, you shouldn't take my main event. I've been busting my ass here. And what happens? What happens? Well, I guess the grass wasn't so green in AEW. And after an entire six-month, possibly year's worth of storylines are written out for CM Punk to once again feud with MJF come September, what'd we get instead? We got homeboy breaking his fucking ankle. Or foot. I apologize. We have homeboy breaking his foot. Can't headline... The first ever Forbidden Door. Got to scrap a bunch of storylines. And in the meantime, because Tony Khan's an incompetent boob, he has a world champion or an interim world champion who doesn't have a fucking contract in John Moxley. So Moxley was able to say, fuck you, I'm not jobbing to this guy. I'll job to him at the pay-per-view, but I want to do this Rocky Three idea. Punk's like, you're not going to job to me. I'm CM Punk. Perhaps Punk didn't know he didn't have a contract. I don't know. So Punk comes back. Cuts that weird promo with with Hangman. No big deal. I'm I'm not going to get into the drama between the elite. We're just going to focus on Punk. Punk starts griping now. Now there are a much clearer division between the elite and Punk at this particular point in time when he comes back. And then what do we do? He has his little program, which wasn't very good with John Moxley. And he goes to all out. And he beats John Moxley after he get after he does the job and get and essentially a squash match with Moxley. He then drops. He then wins the title in Chicago to get to his second world title reign. But what happened in that match? He tore his tricep. So now you just have a world champion. He's going to be out for many many months again. Storyline wasted, money wasted, invested. He he can't stay on the field. Your fifteen million dollar quarterback can't stay on to perform. If he was an athlete in any other sport, we'd be dogging him right now. Tell me when I'm telling lies. So. As internet rumors continue to squirrel and the vibe in AEW starts to change and the, the the leadership issues of AEW starts to become really apparent, 
And there are a lot of leadership issues. And CM Punk had every right to have a lot of his gripes. But with that, more disdain and more of a divide and more the fact that CM Punk wants the fuck out of AEW. He starts talking to WWE folks. I guess they sees him on a trip from Florida out to Chicago. And they're saying, no, it's actually really cool now. Triple H is running it. It's a much better vibe. You should come say hi. Punk's like, well, okay. April of 2023, CM Punk shows up at the WWE Raw. Everyone saw it. He specifically sought out Triple H. And just like I predicted then, he went back to kiss the rings to open up the possibility of a comeback to WWE. I said that almost a year ago. Back in April, I said he's kissing the ring. And he did. He apologized and hugged with Triple H. Apologized to The Miz. Why did he do that, folks? After building his legacy, he built his legend on destroying WWE. Oh, well, oh, I was, I was all bullshit. Hey, can I come? Hey, Triple H. Hey, just maybe, maybe something ever, I don't know, happens. And maybe one day we can come back and talk. And maybe, I don't know. That's what happened, folks. And so what happens? AEW has an entire new show to separate the elite from CM Punk because they're all children. And none of them can actually act like adults. Punk more so than the elite, actually. In this instance, he was more of an adult than they were. But they make his own show, Collision, which, by the way, has become Rampage 2. They make his own show for for CM Punk. And Collision, when CM Punk was there, was the best wrestling show on television for about two months. And that is to CM Punk's credit. However, he wanted the fuck out of there. He had a problem with Jack Perry. We know Jack Perry wanted to use real glass. Punk said, we don't do that on collision. Jack Perry is one of the boys of the elite. And we know what happened. Punk calls out Hangman. First, actually, Punk, his first promo back calls out the Young Bucks. About a third of the promo was basically ridiculing them. He cuts a promo on Hangman at the end of collision one game and went after they went off air for no reason. He's just bringing up that no one buys his toys because I guess it's all about merch. And then the thing with Jack Perry happened. Jack Perry goes to All In. CM Punk is the leadoff against Samoa Joe on the buy-in, which is their pre-show. Jack Perry lost the FTW championship to Hook. One of the spots, if you didn't know, was... was a spot of someone going through a car. He and Jack Perry, as we know, called out CM Punk, kind of a, a an inside call out, real glass, go cry me a river. Instead of CM Punk being a professional and being a man and not trying to make the whole thing about him in the biggest event of, of wrestling history outside of WWE, the biggest moment ever, CM Punk said, fuck it, I'm going to go punch this kid in the face. That's not what a good human being does. That's not what a professional does. That motherfucker got fired on purpose, period. And nobody is going to convince me otherwise. Nobody. They've tried. Vladdy Dottie has tried. You don't know that for sure. Do I know that for sure? No. But CM Punk is a liar. He's a con man. And we'll get to that in a little bit but he's not the honest soul that we thought he was. He's not the voice of the voiceless. He is the voice of CM Punk. And he's convinced a lot of you that he's a great guy and a revolutionary. And as Cody Rhodes beautifully put, he laid out a blueprint, but when he was ready to lead the fight, he bounced. He dropped the ball on his way out, went home to Chicago and made a bunch of comics, a couple of movies and a couple of UFC fights. And God bless him for going after his dreams. God bless him. But he didn't do shit for the revolution except cut a promo that was based because he wasn't getting the recognition that he truly thought he deserved. He's a con man. So now he gets fired on purpose. Tony Khan fears for his life. And then I said it from day one. He got fired on purpose. He's showing up at Survivor Series. So many people on the, in the internet wrestling community say, I don't think he's going to show up. I don't know. Chicago Survivor Series, I hope, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I never 
doubted it for a for an, a second. I didn't doubt it for one second he was going to show up at that Survivor Series. It looked like they were going off air, and they did a great job teasing it of of selling that he wasn't showing up because they looked like they were going off air, and then his music hit. But I didn't think for a second there was that he was ever not going to show up. He got fired on purpose because he wanted to go to WWE because it's a greener pasture now. And Triple H does what's best for business, and Triple H actually knows how to book a wrestling show. And everything is going to be hunky-dory, and everything's going to be great. CM Punk's proven to be a part-timer since he's been back. I think five appearances since Survivor Series, which was before Thanksgiving. Did two house shows. Didn't hear anything spectacular. Didn't hear anything bad. But two house shows with Dominic Mysterio. He has a few promos, and this is why he's a con man. Drew McIntyre said to him, you used to claim that you used to call yourself a locker room leader. Well, I needed you to be a leader. And CM Punk came out and said, I never said I was a locker room leader. Meanwhile, Drew McIntyre, RVD, Chris Jericho, and Booker T have all confirmed that he did say that. And he and stood in front of these people who have already been multiple-time world champions and have already headlined WrestleManias and was trying to act like he was their leader. He was mocked for it by these led that the by these veterans who were there before him. Mocked. Booker T famously took a wrapper and threw it on the floor after Punk told them, told everyone as locker room leader they should clean up their garbage. And Booker T say, he ain't my leader. That that happened. So when P- CM Punk comes out and says he's not, he never said that, he's a liar. And at that moment, I realized he's been fucking conning us since day one. So now I'm like, okay. And when he came back, I said to Vladi Dotti, I said, I don't want him to get a main event. I want him to earn this. I want for everything that he's done, and now that he's pat in hand, kissing rings, and totally, totally blowing away at the whole reason he became a legend in this business, he went back and kissed the ring. And then he says he never said he was a locker room leader. He doesn't have the same street cred he used to, folks. He just doesn't. I'm not going to go into rumors of how CM Punk is behind backstage and whatever, whatever. I just laid out to you exactly what has happened the last 10 years. So in his third match, his first televised match, which is a battle royal, a Royal Rumble specifically, where he draws the fourth last number. He was in that match. And he looked winded. He looked old. He looked tired. He looked slow. One of the reasons for that, which, by the way, that was an AEW too. If anyone saw it, you can go back. All you got to do is put CM Punk AEW botches. His botches in AEW were unthinkable how bad they were. He was a C-minus in-ring performer in AEW, and I defy anyone to tell me differently. Yes, I know he had a great match with MJF, and yes, I know he had a great match with Samoa Joe. Though both of those gentlemen can go out with this coffee cup and have a great match. Okay? When CM Punk was in anybody who wasn't a top-tier performer, CM Punk had an average at best match. Tell me when I'm telling lies. So he comes back and he's showing all this in in the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, this guy's not believable to beat anybody. And then he takes a future shock DDT from Drew McIntyre. And once again, his body breaks on him for the third time in two and a half years. A major wrestling company has to change their plans, has to change booking. Had to change merchandise, had to change everything because this guy can't stay on the field. If he was your franchise quarterback, you'd be pissed. So that's why after all of that, and he hurts himself, an AEW fan or a person who doesn't like CM Punk that much thinks it's a little ironic and thinks it's a little bit of karma. That's why. So like I said in the beginning, uh, nobody is happy. Nobody should be happy he got hurt. But I'll tell you what I am happy about. CM Punk is going to have to earn it. He's going to have to show up in the summertime. 
And he's going to have to have a new summer of punk. He's going to have to work his ass off to be better in the ring than he was and has been. He's going to have to work his ass off to keep his body healthy so he can stay on the field and be the franchise quarterback and get that WrestleMania main event. And he's going to have to be a good little superstar and keep his nose clean in the back. And he's going to have to do it for the better part of a year to get his WrestleMania main event. And I hope he does. Do I think he will? That's 50-50 at best. 50-50 at best. Can any of you tell me? This dude hasn't been able to stay healthy for more than eight months since he came back. And that was his first stretch. After that, no. And he barely wrestled. Tell me when I'm telling lies. But everything else I laid out for you is exactly what has happened. Exactly. Period. Moving on and make this a little bit of a lighter situation. Drew McIntyre is a national fucking hero. Here's to you, Drew. I like him. He's my new favorite. I'm not going to lie to you. I hope he beats Seth at WrestleMania if he gets it. Speaking of which, let's go into that whole situation. As we know, Seth Rollins is what is going to be defending the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. And he was going to defend it against... Conman Punk, but Conman, unfortunately, Mr. Conman, and body broke down again, so that's not going to be happening. Is what it is, folks. I want my quarterback on the field. Carl Pavano. Every Yankee fan would get that reference. This dude's Carl Pavano. Jake Jacoby Ellsbury. For the WWE is Aaron Rodgers. Let's be if you're a Jets fan, you get that reference. So because Aaron Rodgers can't make WrestleMania because he had one televised match and couldn't make it through. Terrible. Now the question is, we have The Rock has alluded. As of last week, we know The Rock said it's a very good possibility that he and Roman Reigns will square off. Well, how do you get there if Cody won the Royal Rumble? Because Cody wanted Roman Reigns. In fact, right after the Rumble, pointing at Roman saying, you, I want you. What they could do is really obvious, but I wouldn't like it. You get you just basically have Seth Rollins come out and make a phenomenal case and a great promo by Seth Rollins. He actually made it make sense to where Cody could legitimately pick Seth Rollins. So your possible main events is Cody Seth night one would be a babyface versus babyface, and then Rock versus Roman. I wouldn't like that. I'm not gonna lie to you, folks. I, I And I'll tell you why. The reason I wouldn't like it is Cody wouldn't win and neither would The Rock. Why do I say that? And I know there's a lot of reasons why you would think Seth Rollins would win. Or, sorry, Cody would win to finish his story. Oh, Rollins is 0-3 against Cody. Is he really going to be 0-4? That's the question I have. That, and I want Cody to beat Roman. Or Seth. I'll say this. Whoever loses that match at WrestleMania needs to beat Roman at the following SummerSlam. Seth should have his match with Roman too. In fact, honestly, if you look at the entire part of this Roman run, Seth should be the guy that beats him. He's the only one with a one who he's the only one who's beaten Roman in a one on one match this entire run. And Seth is the workhorse. And now Seth is throwing shade at Roman Reigns. So I just think this championship, as much as Seth has done with it, it still just didn't even exist a year ago. Roman is the big mountain that nobody can climb and nobody can conquer. And what Roman has done to that title is irrelevant to what that title means. That's the title that was actually linked back to both championships of WCW and WWE. That was the one that had the lineage. And then they made the World Heavyweight Championship and said, oh, no, that one has a lineage. But it really doesn't. That one was made up. But whatever, WWE can do what they want. But Roman Reigns was the unclimbable mountain. Roman Reigns should be the one that Cody picks. But 
box office is much more important when you have stockholders and the rock and Roman is the priority. And what do you do by, and what can you do? You have Cody and Seth finishing this doing night one. And then you have rock and Roman night, night two. I don't love it. I don't. And Roman is still going to be your world, your universal undisputed WWE champion at the end of WrestleMania, if that's the case. And I think there's a likelihood Seth will still be champion and Cody still won't finish the story. And will that break his momentum? Because they basically anointed him as the man. Triple H and Cody both came out and said, I'm the guy slash Cody is the, is the future and he deserves it. Nobody's more deserving than him. Triple H put him over unlike anybody else. So Cody is the future face of this company. We know that. It still might not be this WrestleMania. That's interesting. So I, when you break it down, for me, I don't like Cody not facing Roman. I don't, and I don't think it makes as much of a great promo that Seth did. I still don't think it makes a ton of sense. Cody will probably cry either way you look at it when he wins his title. He'll probably cry so hard. Probably cries so fucking hard. Like just weeping. Asshole, buddy. Anyway, we got to talk about it, don't we? Are we really fucking shocked Vince McMahon is an old, disgusting pervert that has used his money and influence to manipulate women? Is that a shock? When I hear Jim Cornette say, I didn't know he was like that. Bullshit. Oh, I had no idea he was like that. They're all full of shit and protecting themselves because if anybody will admit that they knew what he was doing it, then why the fuck didn't you blow your whistle? So everyone's going to have this plausible denial thing going on. Stephanie's going to have it. Triple H is going to have it. But people are going to roll on this. Vince McMahon's legacy is going to be burned to the ground. And... I'm going to wait for more details to come out. I read the indictment. And my opinion of Janelle Grant and how much of a victim she is, for me, she's a victim regardless. And I'm not trying to say that she's not. But if she's if she is at the age that was reported on, on the internet, because the internet's always right, if she was literally in her late 30s, early 40s during this, my sympathy for her goes way down way down at that point in time she knows what she's doing she still in certain instances could have always walked away from the situation yeah she might have had to go get a real job and she had some other thing i know she was at the lowest point in her life which is what the it, it, which is what the court filing says i get that and she probably did a lot of unsavory things that she's not proud of A lot of people do that when they're at their lowest point. It sounds to me that they were all doing disgusting, horrible acts. And Vince McMahon used his fucked up manipulation and his money and his power and gave her lavish gifts. Gate letter gave her a beamer to drive around in any WrestleMania main event with, that she wants with her boss or whatever the case may be. All those facts need to come out, too. Because everyone's just reading the court filing, which is the essentially you're reading the indictment of, of, of anybody. It's basically an indictment of Vince and a couple and John Laurinaitis. What I want everyone to pay attention to anytime you read an indictment or anytime you read a court filing, don't focus on the verbiage per se of the story that the, the person who filed it, because they have an agenda and they're going to tell you what they're going to try to prove. What you want to look for are the facts, and you want to look for things that can be proven, like text messages. Those were proven. Vince McMahon is a dirty, disgusting pervert that was engaging in a lot of fucked up things with this woman and other people. The text messages I saw, she was doing it on her free will. Now, did things go crazier and further doing these sexual acts? And did he torture her and do the most disgusting things? Yeah, he did. And he's and his legacy is going to be burned to the fucking ground. There are going to be people who are blacklisted from the entertainment industry for the rest of their lives. And there's going to be people that and whose jobs are going to be lost. And damn it, good. Not enough people are going to fall for covering for this piece of shit. 
And no, no one's going to admit they had any idea. Nobody. Get the fuck out of here. I had an idea, and I've been watching that motherfucker on TV for 45 years. Never met him a day in my life. Bruce Pritchard, no idea. Shane McMahon, Stephanie, they had no idea. They knew he signed an NDA. Anyone that was close to him when this NDA story came out two years ago, year and a half ago, they know what this woman had on him. Period. And they're all going to deny it. I hope everybody like Vince McMahon and everybody like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Clinton, if the alleged things with Epstein Island and Donald Trump and all these people that have used their money, power, and influence to manipulate young women and much younger women, I want them all to get burned to the ground and get exposed for the fucked up people that they are. That's what I want. And if this woman, whether she was in her 20s when this happened or when she was in her late 30s when this happened, if this woman whether she was more aware of what she was actually doing or not, or being or not realizing how manipulated she was being or not. If this woman is the one who brings Vince McMahon and exposes it, then God bless her. Get your payday and do what you got to do and expose this motherfucker. One of the first things that they said in this indictment, she wants to be, she's doing it. So other women who have dealt with Vince McMahon and haven't had the courage to speak out can do so now. And I hope they do. We know the alleged raping of the of the female referee in the 80s. We saw how Vince McMahon's stories of him being a an absolute madman out of camera drinking and doing some just unsavory things the way he promoted women throughout a good portion of his career. Bark like a dog. The things with Sable. It wasn't hard. To see this, in my opinion. But I digress. This was a a very, very shady business. But I want people, one thing I will say, and we're going to have a special guest on, a sex expert, who has delved into uh, BDSM, gangbangs, things of that nature. We're going to have a sex expert on and. I'm telling you, a lot of these texts from Vince McMahon was just a fucking Friday night for her. And I'm not going to completely cast judgment on the situation until I hear Vince's defense. But my hunch is he's done this to a lot more than one woman. And if this is just the straw, bye, Vince. Your grandchildren are going to be ashamed of you. Your family's going to be ashamed of you. Wrestling fans who were kissing your ass and cheering you when this was first reported a year and a half ago, they're going to be ashamed of you. This woman's going to burn your legacy to the ground. And the two things you can do about it is nothing and like it. But he's going to fight. And he's going to do everything he can to discredit this woman. Call her things like a prostitute. I mean, if you sex trafficking is the term used for someone who is a pimp. And a couple of the texts I saw, she seemed like she was playing along with a lot of the things that Vince was saying. So what they're going to have to prove is that everything she did was not part of her fun too. If you read the indictment, she was manipulated. She was 100% a victim and she was a scared Lonely woman, lost her parents, taking care of their house, lost her house, and all this. But she was living in the same building as Vince McMahon. And she was in her late 30s, too. So it wasn't the story of the young girl coming to the big city, falls into drugs, and then some fucked up pimp takes under her wing. This is a completely different situation. And I want more details to come out before I show how much empathy and sympathy I give the woman. She's a victim, no doubt. But how much did she go along with is the big question. That's what's going to have to be proven in court. And I'm going to get some heat on that. But we have to also use our brains. We can't just have this knee-jerk reaction. Lottie Dottie said, I don't care how old she was. I would want something that he would dismember Vince. I get that. Me too. 
But if my daughter was 38, 39 years old, driving around in a Beamer and going, and going on all these lavish trips and getting all this money out of nowhere for essentially not doing the job, when you hear reports that everybody that was working there knew she didn't have a real job and was just Vince's assistant and then Laurinaitis' assistant. You know, I, I just, I don't know how much of a victim she is yet. She's a victim no matter what, but I just don't know how much. That's all I'll say, and I'm sure I'm going to get heat for that. But uh, her age is going to be a big, big factor for me, and I'll say that as well. But we were going to do a Royal Rumble review a couple days later, and there's a lot more other stuff going on. A couple things I want to say, little, just a couple of quick notes I had on the Royal Rumble. Let me get my... Let me get my little thing ready. The other thing I wanted, one more thing I want to bring up about this Vince thing. If you don't think that this is all bullshit from a corporation standpoint, this is just par for the course for a major corporation. Just par for the course. Damage control, damage control, sever when need. They didn't need to sever the relationship with Vince McMahon until Slim Jid said, we're not giving you our money anymore. That's what was the genesis of get, of convincing Vince McMahon to step down. It wasn't a coincidence. So I really, really hope a lot of people who turned a blind eye and were complicit with Vince McMahon's behavior over the last 40 years, I hope they get burned to the ground too. I hope it's not Triple H though, because his fucking creative is fire. Anyway, Royal Rumble, uh, women's Royal Rumble was absolutely the best women's Royal Rumble match I ever saw. Jade Cargill looked like an absolute freaking star. Huge fan, uh, big fan. Naomi came back. That was obviously very much uh, expected. And she had a nice little moment with Jordan Grace. They just had a nice feud in TNA. Jordan Grace coming out and... And Triple H, you got to love me. He threw a little shade at Tony Khan and he said the word about, well, I'm not going to mention what door she came through because I think it's silly and stupid. And we're just waiting for Tony Khan to respond via tweet. Anyway, so obviously, too, the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I, I don't talk a lot about enough, I talk, uh, Katana Chance and Kate, Kate and Carter. These two women remind me. They just are exciting in the ring. They are one of they're probably the the best tag team specialist type tag team I've seen in the women's division yet. They're absolutely amazing. Remind me of a young rockers, which of course was the great Shawn Michaels and Marty McFly. Anyways, Nia Jax looked great. I thought she was fantastic. Fantastic. Liv Morgan came back. She had a great response. She had a great performance as well. Love seeing my home girl. You know what I'm talking about, Liv. Anytime you want to burn one down, baby. Love it. Uh, Tiffany Stratton looked amazing. I mean, everyone looked like a big star. Jade Cargill probably shined brighter than the rest of them. Had, literally picking Nia Jax up like she was a feather and dumping her over the top rope. Jade Cargill is a star. We already knew that. Now that she's going to have the WWE machine behind her, no doubt of where she's going to go. So, but congratulations to Bailey, who obviously won. We knew she was going to win. Obviously, now we're going to have a setup eventually. I we I think it'll probably be tomorrow night. We're going to see damage control take Bailey out. I don't think there's a question about that. Just the way they've been treating her. And the little thing that happened with Nia Jax saying, if you better, essentially saying, you better not pick Rhea Ripley because she's mine. Coffee is not hot. That's annoying. So let's look for that. Next match of the night was, of course, Universal Championship. Roman Reigns, LA Knight, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles. Spoiler alert. Solo Sokoa interfered, and Roman won. I knew the finish before I saw the match, so it probably took a little bit of away from it because I thought there were a lot of really good false finishes. Look, you got two of the best workers of all time with Orton and AJ Styles. LA Knight, super popular. Roman Reigns, super heat. So you had a situation where they were going to have a great match no matter what because the stars are so good. But nothing big there. It's certainly not a memorable match. Certainly not one I'm going to tell my kids about. I mean, I try to tell my, my daughter about Savage and Steamboat, and she just likes musicals, so she didn't give a shit. But that's beside the point. Like I said, Roman was going to pin AJ. That's exactly what happened. My prediction was right there as well. 
Not that I'm a brain surgeon. Everyone, not many people thought that Roman was going to lose that match. I think some people thought maybe Orton would set up Cody and, and Orton, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. And there you go with that match. So again, Roman's lost a lot of steam, folks. I, I know that the newscasters do everything they can to put him over and what have you, but it's starting to get boring. And by the way, they've done this before. There's been like two or three times where this Roman storyline has got, has really had a lull. I think we had one last summer after the uh, Cody thing happened and we're having one now. The problem is we're having one now when we're going into WrestleMania, but we're going to have the Roman and rock and that'll keep us occupied. But the story's getting a little boring folks. Just it's part, part of that. So they got to early ramp this up after this rock thing. They probably won't. So that's what I'm a little worried about with Roman going in. It's Rock and not Cody. I think it's time because I would suggest Roman has not had a real fun year after he beat Cody. What has he done that was so great? It hasn't been very entertaining in, in comparison to what he did the, the prior six or seven months in comparison to what he did when he first started with Jey Uso. So, and, you know, I think the blood, the, the Roman Reigns thing needs to kind of start wrapping up or it's got to take a turn and get a little bit more interesting. Obviously, it's going to be in a whole thing with Roman and The Rock, so we don't have to worry about that yet. But after WrestleMania, they'll take probably a month or two off like he does. They're going to have to pick up his momentum because Roman's been boring lately, folks. And and honestly, the criticism, every one of his matches are the same. It's fair. It's really fair. Now, Ric Flair used to do it. It was the same deal with that too. He, that's what happens with the heel, but it's bo- it's getting boring, folks. And and look, a lot of people thought it was boring two years ago. It's really getting boring now. Every single fucking time, can Roman win a match without bullshit? I'm supposed to believe this is a real. It is a historic run, but I'm supposed to believe he's a great champion. Kayfabe, he's not. Everything Seth Rollins said about him was 100 percent true. He's not as big of a dealing where Seth Rollins is literally, he is the guy. Seth Rollins is the better champion. I know Roman Reigns is considered the face. That's just because he has the corporate backing. He hasn't been the most interesting guy on that TV. He hasn't been the most important guy on the TV. He hasn't been the best in ring on that TV. Hasn't cut the best promos on that TV. Why is Roman the best? Because WWE tells us, just like they did when he couldn't get over if he had a bridge for the first six or seven years on top. So he's built the mystique up and he's got everything he needs. He's got the honorage and has the best manager of all time. So it's always going to be decent. So when I say Roman's boring, I'm just comparing it to what it was a year ago. A year ago, he was red hot. Right now, meh. So that's what I got with that. We go on Logan Paul. Kevin Owens not going to spend a lot of time in that. It was a great match. Love the finish. I know people hate DQ finishes. If you didn't see it, Logan Paul got a pair of brass knucks given to by Theory and an Australian Miz. And Logan Paul tried to use it. Kevin Owens reversed and got the brass knucks, knocked him out, was about to get the pin. The referee saw the brass knuckles on Kevin's hand. Kevin Owens is a stupid baby face. When he was a heel, he would have hit that. Use your brain, Kevin. Uh, now, big shout out to Kevin Owens, but I thought it was a great match. Logan Paul continues to be um, an amazement of Logan Paul, how he is as a professional wrestler. It's like he gets everything in that ring. So smooth, has a, has a great match with everybody. And look, I'm not certainly not a fan of how he got his popularity. He was a real piece of shit. I'm just going to come out and say it the whole filming dead bodies and just trying to exploit. And if you hear him talk and cut an interview, he's one of the dumbest people on the planet, like an idiot. You barely can speak English, but he's a fucking great wrestler. And he has put in the work to be a good fighter and a great wrestler. Nobody can say the Paul boys are lazy. No one can say they're not great athletes. And I respect the living hell out of what he has done as a sports entertainer and as a professional wrestler. But the way he got his fame, he is a F-minus human being in a lot of ways. But as a professional wrestler, he's an A+. Now we go to the Men's Royal Rumble. Look, it was not a lot of big surprises. Andrade came back. Eh, who gives a shit? Right? You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. We all knew he was coming back. We probably assumed it. 
For those of you, there were some of these, and if you're one of these people, you got to really just do a little bit of research. Oh, is MJF going to show up or how about Okada? Uh, Okada's going to show up. MJF. MJF has a shoot shoulder injury. He's going to be out till at least March, if not more. Probably more. If he comes back, to, if he comes to WWE, in all likelihood, it'll be after WrestleMania. And Okada was never going to happen. And if you were one of the people that believed it, shame on you. Do your own fucking research. He has his, his contract expires today. The Royal Rumble was four days ago. Get it? Expires today. Rumble four days ago. Contractually, he was never going to be able to show up at the Royal Rumble. So you were on Dream Street and you just were part of the ignorant wrestling community that's on the internet and not paying attention and understanding. So if you were disappointed that either one of those two guys didn't show up, shame on you. Shame on you. Know what you're talking about. But you'll get on the internet. I think he's going to show up. He's definitely going to show up because Tony Khan's an idiot and he sucks. Okada can't breach his contract. And MJF can't make his shoulder magically get better. Just know what you're talking about before you fucking put your internet out there. Put your internet opinion out there. Just know what the hell you're talking about. Because all you're doing is making nonsensical noise and then people with a brain, which is 80% of us, had to listen to you because you guys are the loudest ones. Like, like, there's, like there's some of you that think everything's a fucking work. There are people on the internet that think CM Punk injury is a work right now. Are you that fucking dense? Do you believe the earth is flat too? You probably do. What point and sense would it make to, to mock this injury? And some dude said it was just a way to cover up the toe injury. Why would they give a fuck what the injury was? Like some of you just like to make things up in your head and you think you're right because you're a real tough guy behind a keyboard. You're nonsensical. You're embarrassing yourselves and you're making the world of professional wrestling internet chatter horrible for people with brains in their head. Use your fucking brain. They even still say, even with CM Punk showing up at Survivor Series, saying that there was no brawl at all in or all out. It was all work. It was a work that they never acknowledged on screen and then eventually having their biggest star go to the, the bigger company. But it still was all work. And they convinced themselves it's a disease. It's a fucking disease. You're diseased. I get it because these and they're usually tribalists too. They usually want to like, I fucking hate WWE. Well, yeah, well, I hate AEW. I know. Let's spend 12 hours of our day yelling at each other and calling each other stupid and assholes and marks. Because we're not marks, but we're spending 12 hours of the day on the internet. It's fucking ridiculous. You're just, you guys are horrible. Just go away. Go to fuck away. You're nonsense. It's a work, bro. You fucking mark. You're so, you're just a naive mark. You're gullible. Clearly CM Punk, this isn't a real injury. He's going to be at WrestleMania. And the funny thing is, when he doesn't show up at WrestleMania, you're not going to say shit. You're not going to admit you're wrong. You're just going to spat out some other bullshit, up, bullshit opinion that you have no idea what you're talking about. You're an embarrassment. And if you're one of the 20% that voted that CM Punk's injury, injury is a work, you're exactly who I'm fucking talking about. And if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe and never listen to me again because you're terrible. And stop calling people marks. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a mark, okay? If you give your time, energy, or money to the wrestling business and you're receiving no money back, you are a mark, period. I'm a mark. My partner, Vladi Dottie's a mark. If you're watching this, chances are you're a mark. We're all marks. So when you talk, but people try to use it as a disrespectful term. Just shows the ignorance. If you're a mark, I don't think you're a mark. I think you're a douchebag, if you use that word. Unless you're in the business and getting paid, you can call people marks all you want. But if you're a fan, you're a mark. Okay? Okay, just so we're, we're aware. Okay? Sorry, I got on a tangent there. That wasn't probably a fun listen. I'm just I was very angry this morning with some real stupid people on the internet. Oh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, folks. That's all we got for today. And I had to fly solo. Vladi Dottie was out. We had a lot. This is a good episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please follow us here on Spotify. If you're checking me out on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Follow me at High Popper on the in on the old Twitter or X, whatever the hell 
Elon Musk wants to call his fetish product now, project now. Um, and But we want to thank all of our new subscribers. We're up to 613. We'd like to get to 1,000 by, by WrestleMania. That's our goal. If you can help us out, share, subscribe. Hey, also, we have a great, awesome, amazing page. Do you like talking about pro wrestling? Do you? Well, we have a brand new group on our Facebook, High Spots and Sheep Pops Pro Wrestling page, our pro wrestling group. Check it out. We got my boy Chris and, and Kellen absolutely killing it as moderators right now. I hop on there, too. Uh, hop on and, I hop on in a couple other places, trying to get some more interaction. Would love to build a community. We might even want some guest spots for our podcast. I wouldn't mind having a co-host here on the, the Moment in the Valley as well. So, hey, we want to build this community. We're really trying to get a live road show for WrestleMania. We're either going to do a live show streaming, or we're going to do streaming from Philadelphia, or we're going to go to a, uh, a bar or a party where there's a lot of wrestling fans, really good atmosphere. We're going to do uh, a live show, and hopefully we just have a really good time with it. This is the most exciting time I can remember. I've been watching wrestling for almost 40 years now, and this is what this might be from top to bottom overall the best, uh, best time in pro wrestling from a creative standpoint, at least in WWE, what Triple H is doing because, and he mentioned this in his in his uh, in his interview. There was a lot of bad stuff in the attack. I mean, Nay Young gave birth to a hand. Goldust came out with a ball gag in his mouth. Like, it was, and dressed up as a baby. It was some really stupid things. Vince McMahon <laughs> making Trish Stratus bark like a dog. So, there was a lot of really bad things happening in the attic there. Here, pretty much everything's pretty solid, with the exception of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. But anyway, folks, that's all I got. This has been. High Spots and She Pop presents your moment in the Valley, of course, and Silicon Steve Valley. And I want to thank you so very much for listening. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Spotify. Follow me on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Love you guys. Hope you guys had a phenomenal rest of your week. And sorry if I hurt your feelings. Here endeth the lesson.